talked for 80% of this podcast and <laughs> nobody wants to hear my voice anymore. We always want to hear your voice. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully our listeners agree with us. What if they write in saying, no, stop talking, Saya? Yeah, please send us your feedback at stars in our pocket. <laughs> or tweet to yeah. us. If you want Saya to stop talking, please let us know. <laughs> Hi, lovely people. This is Anissa. Welcome to part two of this month's Long Yak. You can find part one in episode 20. In this episode, we discuss currently airing Chinese dramas, recently completed Korean dramas, including our final thoughts on what's wrong with Secretary Kim and August drama premieres. Plus, as always, the question of the yak. Enjoy! I didn't get much Korean drama watching done because, well, um, I don't know why, but I did get sucked up uh, into two Chinese dramas just incidentally. I was watching Secretary Kim and that was kind of like slowing down. So I went off to watch Legend of Fuyao and um, and also Meteor Garden. So Legend of Fuyao is this one of those, uh, you know, the Obusha, the, the, the uh, alternate history, the fantasy drama thing. And uh, Fu Yao is this uh, girl who was born from a lotus petal, but she was born <laughs> and, and sort of adopted into this. Yeah, well, why not? Uh, she was adopted into this lower caste. It's another type of virgin birth. <laughs> Better than the yeah, exactly. way the rest of us was born, right? Would have given our mothers <laughs> yeah, much less pain. Yeah, it, it, this is more of a, a birth of Athena type of thing, you know, like didn't Athena pop yeah. out of what's his name's head, Zeus's head, or Zeus, someone Zeus's else? head? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I so don't know. Head, petal. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Uh, sea foam, something. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so the, so the she this is supposed to be her legend. Like she goes from this lower caste uh, servant girl into this legendary empress of five kingdoms type um, situation which is great however for a better part of the uh, I think they've aired about 50 episodes uh, right now I'm in like the 42nd episode um oh, wow. Wow. part of the drama <laughs> yeah there is a reason I haven't been watching Korean drama <laughs> um for better part of the drama though uh, it's it's her love interest uh, crown P- prince Wuju who's been doing all the I don't know, legendary shit. Um, Fuyao is like this super, I don't know, competent sidekick more than an actual legendary warrior. But, you know, like, Wuju is also supposed to be like a genius level dude, whereas, and he keeps Fuyao out of the loop a lot. Like, he has a plan to take down a kingdom and he doesn't tell her until the last moment where she's like, okay, cool, let's take down a kingdom. And then they fight their way out of, I don't know, this entire army blockading them that shit happens a lot they they fight their way out of stuff a lot and she is like super badass um but we i I think around episode 34 or 35 uh she has this amazing fight scene that i was basically waiting for because i mean i after that i suppose you know it makes sense to have a legend of fuyao um because she was amazing um and she literally um castrated a dude that sounds extremely <laughs> painful. That's hardcore. <laughs> I hope he deserved it. Uh, yeah, he totally deserved okay. it. But it, the way it was done was amazing. She was half dead, but somehow managed to do it anyway. Um, and by the way, these people nearly die a lot. And if you have any um, 
experience watching chinese uh, fantasy uh, you would know that uh, main characters can pop off at any moment and oh, no. uh, most of them kind of yeah tra- have tragic endings and it's like a given thing like if it's a chinese fantasy historical chances are there's going to be a tragic ending so everybody's been like clutching their pearls and they've been like is this going to have a bad ending i cannot watch this stuff if it has a sad ending and um, apparently it doesn't apparently okay and i'm, and I'm not taking i'm not going to take any responsibility about this rumor but it's just that um Ethan uh, Juan who the the guy playing Wu, Crown Prince Wuju the lead character he apparently let it slip that it it had a happy ending and the source material apparently has happy ending so you know i can't guarantee the life of the rest of the cast but at least young me uh, that is puyao and uh, wuju apparently lived through it so you know any chinese drama watchers out there who have been holding back on watching this you can do so <laughs> so yeah that, that's all i have to say about this one <laughs> um yeah so yeah there is that and oh uh, meteor garden so uh, have have both of you watched uh, boys over flowers i haven't watched any version of boys um, over flowers i watched uh, hana yori dango the original japanese two seasons and then i watched like half of boys over flowers the korean version but i hated it um and yeah. then i read the recaps to fin- just to know what happens <laughs> Uh, I watched all of that. I watched the Japanese, I watched the Korean. Yeah. Um, I don't think I watched the original Meteor Garden, like the Taiwanese version. I did I, hear that I that was, was the best one among all of the adaptations. Oh, really? By that point, I, I had read the manga and I had watched two versions already, and I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the Japanese. I love the Japanese drama. I still really love that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so did I. There is like no doubt. I mean, and that's the same actor. Uh, I always forget his name. Uh, who went on to do um, my pet? Uh, oh, uh, Matsumoto Jun. He was. He was. Yeah, Matsumoto was the same guy, right? Who went off to uh, yes. do my pet? He was in Kimi wa yeah. Petto as well. He was. Kimi wa I like that. Right. One. So, yeah, and and I don't think anybody else could have pulled that one off. So, yeah, I really liked him in those days. He became like a solid actor for me after that. But uh yeah, as much as I liked that I I'm I want to specifically talk about the Korean version because that one in the international community, it's Boys Over Flowers that has been most watched, more than the original Meteor Garden or um uh the Japanese version. And mm-hmm. Boys Over Flowers was um Yeah, that it was it was really it, it yeah, it was kind of headachey how problematic it was and yet and yet I have watched it twice. So <laughs> Oh, really? How did you do that? I couldn't even, I couldn't it even do it once because exactly. Lee Ho, okay, because Lee Min Ho. I'm, I was not super fond of any of the other characters, especially not the weirdly blonde-haired dude who we are not going to. Actually, yeah, we 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 already mentioned in this episode once because <laughs> he's coming back in his own uh, uh, yeah. fantasy. I always now. thought he had the face of a serial killer, anyway. Right? He was just so. <laughs> But yeah, and I was not happy with him being the second lead at all. I kind of disliked him on sight. And I'm and I'm hey, I'm one of those petty people who totally feel happy that my initial completely unreasonable dislike has been vindicated by his recent <laughs> actions. I also feel that way, although I feel like I shouldn't say that. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a petty person. Okay. okay. Um, but <laughs> this video garden. Um, 
So it has uh, the, the character of uh, Sh- uh, Shanghai is being played by uh, Shen Yu, who's also uh, just recently done this other very popular Chinese drama, which is a contemporary high school drama. Uh, it was called A Love So Beautiful. I, I talked about it a few episodes back. That's right. And That's right. Uh, the, the main lead is basically Dao Ming Shi, and he's being played by uh, Wang Hedi. And these two are doing a really good job. Like they are charismatic, they have chemistry and all of that stuff. But it's Dao Mingxi whose character has always been uh, very problematic because he's this immature boyish guy who doesn't actually have a great game uh, with girls. Like his friends are all like, do this, romance girls this way to sweep them off their feet. And those are very also, you know, super stereotypically just just very red pill type of uh, game. Um, however, this guy has no game. So what he does is when he likes Shanchai, he goes full in and just tells her that he likes her. And Shanchai for the longest time doesn't like him. She likes his friend. And well, it's very similar she, to the original yeah, Japanese it, it, version. it's the same thing. Like it's yeah. there are there are scenes that have been that that have never been, never changed from the original to the Japanese to the Korean to this one. So it's like uh, as dynamics unfold, things are pretty much the same. What what has been changed um, is the is some of the interpersonal relationship. Like um, Shanchai is more vocal about what she doesn't like about uh, Damingshi. And uh, when Damishi does something brutish and um, arrogant and insensitive, he's called out on it. Okay, and like, and that happens pretty regularly, which is both surprisingly progressive and also problematic. Because on the one hand, anytime he does something that the modern viewer would see as wrong, he's called out on it by his friends, by Shanghai, by his older sister, somebody or the other will point it out to him. But on the other hand, he's still the main lead. Yeah. And his character changes slowly. He becomes a little more sensitive when he looks back on some of his actions. He realizes that he was rude or he was. There are those things. But in times of stress or when he's trying to get back at someone, he'll still pull the, you know, I'm a rich boy, a rich privileged boy card. So it, there are I, at least till now, I have not seen any real change in the guy he's maturing at a very glacial pace if you will mm-hmm. and most of his maturity is to do with what uh, shanchai approves of and what she doesn't so um it's very much narrowed down to her like all all of his interests and any change that he has narrows down to her which um has has been true of all all of all of the adaptations of course but also is like, I mean, what happens when their relationship stabilizes and they've been together for a while and he's no longer trying to please her? Will he fall back on all of the o- old horrible behavior? There, there was this one really troublesome scene um, that, again, has been used in the original meteor shower. People had a lot of problem in it. There was a staircase scene where uh, Dao uh, Minxi, he had been shown a video of uh, Shanchai, I think, like, uh, just, I think, petting, uh, like, just just being very familiar with uh, his best friend. And now he knew that Shanchai had a crush on, and this was in the initial stages of, like, in the first 10 episodes. So um, he knew that she had feelings for his friend, so this was not, like, news to him. But they had accidentally shared a kiss, like Shanchai and Mingxi. So in his head, they were already in a relationship, even though Shanchai had not said yes to anything. She had not accepted his feelings. 
but in his head the relationship had already started so when he saw a video of her interacting with uh, his friend he practically like you know like uh, blows in on her and starts shouting at her calling her a traitor and a cheat and stuff and she's like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about mm-hmm. and he really scares her like he becomes aggressive and he scares her and there is this moment when he's like he forcefully kisses her and that that scene had been um taken wholesale and put in this drama as well like we we, we were speculating uh, uh that they might not put that scene in here cuz look it's 2018 why would you do that but um they did put that scene in there and a like she thinks it's very problematic and the way she reacts to him is like that was proper assault okay she is terrified it's not just a matter of him forcing sexual advances on her it's that she is and, and this is what sexual assault is like you terrify the person you you are deliberately intimidating the other person by um threatening uh, sexual congress on them so and she is terrified of his actions like when he's kissing her she's crying so it's a seriously oh, messed up scene yeah so we didn't expect them to put that in there but they did and then the next day they can barely look at each other and then other stuff happens and any time she brings it up he's super embarrassed that he did that but he never comes out and apologizes for it so yeah that there is yeah. that that this is this is really sticking in my craw but as i said there are other things that he does repeatedly stupid things that he does and he gets called out on them like shanshai does call him out on his behavior like on the staircase so it's not it they always point out the problem but they don't resolve it so yeah the thing that the issue i have with like these cuz how many times has this been remade now it's had multiple adaptations <laughs> Yeah and and like sometimes and now this is like the second time that Taiwan is making it. I think it's been remade in Japan as well. Like I just I feel like if you're going to remake something which the manga of this was first published in 1992. So the dynamics that were set up, you know, like 25 years ago, like they you can't keep remaking the same story. Like why are you remaking it except as a cash grab if you're not going to change something about the story or like you know see it through a slightly different lens or you know like do something different with it otherwise like what's the point and why and then and then you're just re um reinforcing those really problematic gender norms that and like you're packaging it in this really glossy um package of like beautiful people who are eventually going to fall in love and so like it does kind of undercut that because like you said he's still the hero and she's still going to end up with him so even if she says it's wrong she's still going to fall in love with him eventually and you know that as a viewer isn't this entire story sort of predicated on and centered on an abusive just uh, uh, an abusive a group like, of bullies right like she's really with her bully like this is really it's Doesn't not it a just good... need to stop being remade and sort of be consigned to you know the dustbin of history because it we, that's not what we need like, to see No, I mean I really loved the original Hana Yoridango, but I I don't think that it needs to be remade. And if you really have to remake it is what I'm saying, like at least change change his character, you know? He did to a certain extent, like it's if you compare it to the other versions of uh, Dao Mingxi, this one is the most palatable. He is uh, genuinely sweet. He's actually considerate. He doesn't slut shame her. 
like there are situations where you know his first instinct is to like blame her for for uh, a crappy uh, situation that other people have put her in but then a few moments later he turns around and he's like what am i doing there are so many smaller things that they have changed that's made this character more palatable and seriously this downing she is 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 much better than his previous incarnations but there are some broad strokes of this characters that that that, that has not been changed and right. it may never be changed uh, oh, oh, so long as they keep remaking this uh, this uh, story because after all as you said is predicated on 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 a, on a certain premise and if they change that more, part of that premise is downing she is overbearing bullying character So yeah let's see where this guy ends up because I think we're just I don't I don't even know how many episodes this drama is um but I think we're halfway through or something so okay. let's see if if he actually ends up changing oh on a on a on a different note though um Shen Yu who plays uh Shan Chai she is like she's she's finally made uh the, the the heroine character something that i can someone i can root for because the previous versions of this like especially um i think it was was it uh jangmi what what was the uh the boys over flower girl's name jangdi um, yeah i i really really disliked her oh i hated her so like much she had not not one redeeming quality in my eyes she kept making stupid decisions that she it just i and also she fell for that blonde wigged guy and that was just stupid whereas this here uh, shantai's best friend i'm uh, sorry uh, damichi's uh, best friend that guy i can actually understand uh, her her having a crush on cuz he he's a genuinely nice guy um so yeah like and also she is outspoken and she she doesn't actually take like when she sees damichi bullying someone she calls him out on it and she is she has a core set of principles that she does not compromise for him so so far this, i i like her this sounds like the original uh heroine in hana yuri dango did you watch the japanese drama i did but that, it was yeah. like 7 years ago so yeah no my- that was what i loved about her too is she was so good like she was so strong and outspoken and like she didn't take any crap from him so i yeah. like that even after she fell in love with him she still didn't take any crap from him so that was a refreshing change So now we move on to the uh, the ones that have finished airing and that's undateable. Anisa, go for it. <laughs> okay, I mean I don't have a lot to say about this. It's finished airing, but I didn't finish it. I I was watching it while I was in extreme pain and under painkillers after getting my wisdom teeth out uh wow. two weeks ago. Yeah, and it was just I needed something very mindless and fluffy and it was extremely mindless and fluffy and I mean it's also it also goes by the title of handsome guy and jungum and it's basically just namgungmin and uh hwang jungum and she's he's like a love a love expert that writes this column about like men and women and relationships and stuff and she is um a couple manager at a matrimonial agency but like she's terrible at her job and she's about to get kicked out they somehow start working together but they have like three random coincidental meetings where it, it, everything goes terribly wrong so they start off on like the completely wrong foot but they eventually end up falling in love and working together to help her clients and he is very cold and fashionable and smart and he treats people a little bit harshly and then he she melts his heart and she's very much like a doormat i mean it's very 
there's nothing surprising about the story at all. And then it turns out that their dads were enemies. Like, it's not... It's not doing anything new. It sounds like um, many There's only know. enough plot. For, yeah, it's only enough plot for 12 episodes, but it has 16. I think I got to the end of 14, and, like, there's really no more conflict. I mean, they're very cute together, so it's enjoyable to watch them just being cute. Um, but there's nothing really going on, which is why, like, I didn't have any problems with it, but I just kind of, like, lost interest after they got together. I might go back and finish it just to see them, I don't know, see them get married or whatever, but I... It was a it was a nice um, mind numbing, adorable watch while I was watching it. It didn't really leave a lasting impression. That's kind of how I feel about what's wrong with Secretary Kim. Sorry. Um, Secretary Kim is way better than Handsome Guy Joe. Like the plot, the the writing was really third grade level. Like it's not. It's the dialogue was pretty terrible. I yeah. I don't really recommend that you spend sixteen hours of your life on it. Is what I'm saying. Which is a shame, because I think, for me, it was, like, the wasted potential, because those two actors are so good, and they had, like, an unrequited storyline in Can You Hear My Heart that, like, really made me feel a lot of things, and I was like, yes, finally, they're reuniting, and then it was just, like, this mediocre rom-com that was just fine. Oh, it's really horrible when, you know, these uh, really anticipated reunions finally happen, but they're such letdowns. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, offensively bad. It was just so dumb and unimpressive. And it's just a shame because they could have put two um, rookie idol actors who needed some experience under their belts in this role, and they would have been fine, you know? These two actors didn't have to waste their time. So hopefully they'll both get better projects next time. Well, Namgung Min's had quite a good run, hasn't he? So he was due for a bad drama, I guess. (laughs) yes but i mean he so rarely does the romantic hero and um i wanted to see do you buy him as a like does he do romance well yes okay absolutely (laughs) in my opinion at least i mean i loved him in beautiful gong shame and then that had such a weird out of left field ending that just kind of ruined all my goodwill for that show which was so cute for the first like 11 12 episodes but he needs to play someone who's a little weird, though. He always, like, yeah. he doesn't do well as this, like, generic, cold, chebo, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he needs to have some quirks and something interesting about him. But, yeah, yeah. that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Lawless lawyer, we need to talk about this. Oh, man. You know, I was re- so ready to talk about this at length, like, a month ago. <laughs> And now I'm, like, (laughs) racking my brains. I've actually opened my notes so that I can remember how I felt and what I thought. (laughs) Did you guys both watch it? The whole thing? Uh, So, I I watched uh, the first, like, I think up up till they got together. And I watched two more, like, initially when they got together. And and then two more episodes after that. Because I was like, are they going to break up next? Are they they, What's going to happen? Something tragic is going to happen instantly afterwards. (laughs) But, yeah. um, Oh, you didn't finish it? no, I haven't finished them. I will, though it's high, high on my priority. Now the secretary came is done. That's that's the one I'm going to go on to. Um, though the, there was just uh, one thing that I wanted to say, uh, a little off topic, is that uh, you know the rumor about the secretary Kim couple um, with um, uh, Park Min Young and uh, Park uh, Sijin uh, dating for three years. There was this rumor going on, and then their agencies came out and said like that's not true. Their chemistry is so amazing because they're good actors and that's all there is to it 
and uh, so i was talking to someone on twitter about this and um, they pointed out that the other couple uh, who you know could totally be together and we would be yay about it is probably the lawless lawyer couple <laughs> and i that is so true i i have actually watched more behind the scenes video of this drama than i actually watched episodes of this drama <laughs> so <laughs> oh i haven't watched any let's go and watch no, them no you should cuz <laughs> when they interact it's um, i forget the actress's name um, so, yeah, yeah yeah ji i um, and, and um legion <laughs> ki they they are the two of them have like they are probably good friends and they they are really good uh, actors but <laughs> i just see them and i'm like yeah i would totally root for that <laughs> <laughs> they have really good kids so yeah i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> Uh, you know just this show i loved it so much it's just it's been so long since we've had uh since ejinkey's had a project that i've been into i mean i didn't i dropped moon lovers i kind of wasn't really into that um and of course criminal minds interesting fiasco that i say we'll never talk about again but of course i always do but like you know you're watching this which is you know it's a it's a uh crime thriller type thing um and sketch at the same time as well because they were uh, concurrently airing and you had Isombin and Sketch and Irinki here so you're watching these two shows thinking about criminal minds ah oh, for what could have been cuz it could have been so good cuz you had all of the acting power there but ah oh, yeah so let, let, let it go breathe <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I will never get over the the hours of my life that I lost to that unrewarding terrible horrible show. But but I have forgiven Oppa because thank okay. you for Lawless Lawyer. It's like it's just it's so fun and it's really it's smart as well and it has these really wonderful character beats and the story is not necessarily new but it all feels like so awesome and kind of just fun you know it doesn't go over the top with its villains the you know the stakes feel uh, uh real they don't feel like you know cartoonish or anything um and there's this gangster romance in there which is just the best like everything about it is good and it's i guess it's on the lighter end of the it's it, it's like it's crimes crimey bits are serious but it's ultimately not dark. Uh and then at the okay. other end of that you have sketch which is very dark. Um and I actually I realized after after I finished and I've talked about sketch I think in the last two yeah so I won't yeah. go too far into it but I think just to sum it up it sketch is a story of anti-heroes and I think every min like beginning to end every bit of it was good for me. So the last cycle of was really it's it was a good cycle for thrillers and nice. i thought that my um it was on like a two and a half year thriller binge where i barely watched anything but thrillers and in the last like since the beginning of the year I, i've just been watching romances and stuff and I finally could enjoy romances again i was like oh cool so i don't need thrillers to survive and now i'm like i need thrillers to survive <laughs> <laughs> thank you lolis lawyer and sketch awesome Are we ready to talk about what's wrong with Secretary Kim? <laughs> I want to keep the one that all three of us has watched for the end. Um so Saya, it's still you. Still me. I feel like I've talked for 80% of this <laughs> podcast and nobody wants to hear my voice anymore. <laughs> We always want to hear your voice. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully our listeners agree with us. 
I think they do. What if they write in saying, no, stop talking, Saya? Yeah, please send us your feedback at stars in our podcast. <laughs> or tweet to yeah. us. If you want Saya to stop talking, please let us know. <laughs> Shall I start early? Okay, no, I'll, I'll carry on. <clears throat> so, Argon. Argon, powerful stuff. Um, so, Argon as a drama, Argon as a social commentary, two different things. So, But brilliantly did both. And, of course, very sadly, uh, Kim ji who passed away in an accident soon after that. If that's the last work that you leave... Mm. That is one juggernaut of a swan song, you know. That it's actually really sad watching it because he. Says, I mean, I'm really glad that his last drama was good, but honestly, like I was really excited for that, and then he passed away, and I just couldn't watch it. Like I, I don't think I've ever cried as much after a celebrity died as I cried after he died. Like I really, so I still haven't watched it. I th- yeah, I think it's hardest for you because you've followed his you know variety stuff and his other work and I've never seen him in anything until this so Mm. I completely I you know I get it I wouldn't be able to if I'd known him outside of this I don't think I'd have been able to watch it because it was hard just knowing what happened as well um it, it was just it was full of like quotable moments and it's, it's really hard to talk about, actually. Um, it's amazing how relevant it... I mean, it hasn't been that long since it aired, but it's, you know, in, in this world of alternative facts and, um, you know, the news being a horror show daily, it, it's still so relevant, and I can see it remaining very relevant for, for quite a while. Like, we know how much... Uh, you know, news is driven by corporate or political agendas. Um, and, and in this world, you have, uh, you know, Kim Jok's character, uh, or what was his name? Hold on. <coughs> oh, Kim Baek-jin. So in this world, you have um, Kim Jok's uh, character, Kim Baek-jin, who is the uh, uh, lead uh, and the anchor of an investigative news program. Um, and his character is really interesting because he's um, he's shown to be very unbending when it comes to truth and facts. Um, so he's always about telling the truth, even at his own expense. And that is kind of the thread that underruns his character from beginning to end. Um, I think the... I, I'm not going to say too much more about it, but there was one line that he said that really, really kind of stayed with me long after I finished watching the drama, um, where he's trying to justify to his boss uh, because, you know, they need permission to air certain things, uh, and he wants to... He he wants to expose something that the... the, The higher-ups? That's what they're called, right? The Mm. higher-ups don't want to expose. Um, And he says this, uh, this... one thing that stayed with me, which is that the viewers should not believe news reports, but judge them. And I find that really a striking and interesting statement. Yeah. So, that is my last word on Argon. It's worth watching nice. if you can. If you can. Do you do you think that it's um, like in tone? Would you say that it's like an optimistic tone with a lot of critical analysis, or would you say it's like kind of a 
depressing tone that's just like everything is terrible and news like like would you call it uplifting or is it like good but kind of not very hopeful uh it's not depressing um i think okay uh, yeah it is it's it's hopeful okay because i'm I'm asking because like i want to recommend something to my dad to watch Mm -hmm. Oh, um, but yeah. I, I recommended a lot of depressing stuff, <laughs> and now he's like, I don't want to watch depressing things. But, like, he loves watching the news, mm. so I feel like this would be really, like, he watches CNN all the time, which, like, drives me nuts. <laughs> but it's basically, it's, it's just, he just has that kind of personality. Get, get that, him like, to watch Lawless Lawyer. Stuff. I think he'd like that. Is, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if uh, it's, it's uh, not available. depressing and it's not dark, but it does make, uh, you know, valuable commentary. And it does leave you with a feeling of hope. Okay, thank you. And uh, do you guys have like a final word on Walk of Love? Oh, I do. Uh, I need to oh, finish I, it. I never got back to it after the last, <laughs> like the last since the last time we talked about it. I haven't had a chance to go back to it. So I so did. I'd get like back to hear to what you what you think. <laughs> yeah, you know, go ahead. But it's so like. You know when the dramas start off so sort of special and different and quirky and weird and kind of magical and then they retire their weirdness and embrace the standard tropes and the conventional conflicts and you're like, Mm. why? Even the talking horse vanished and made a token appearance at the end without even talking! You didn't even talk! And like, what was that about? You just abandoned him for the whole show. And, you know, then it became, uh, you know, they had the whole the uh, snobby mother won't approve thing. And then you're just having pretty Nuna flashbacks, which clearly has scarred me. Why that drama? And <laughs> 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 you just, just, <sighs> why? Yeah. And, and they had so many plot lines that were, like, you know, interesting and stuff. And they, they just got dropped. And I just, yeah, I was disappointed. I felt like um, it wasn't written very well. It was carried on the... The only reason you carry on watching is because the cast is still amazing and their chemistry is really, you know, uh, off the charts. But, you know, by the end, it felt like Jang Yuk was in one drama and the other two were in another drama. And they just <laughs> occupied the same airspace. It just... I it, felt... Why? <laughs> Yeah, I felt from this, I mean, I've only watched, I think, 13, I think 14 episodes, but I did feel from the beginning, like, even though I really love this writer, and I've really loved, like, like Jealousy Incarnate, and, like, Miss Korea, and Pasta, and some of their other stuff, like, it did feel like this was even more, like, very disparate elements that she was bringing together, and a lot of different plot lines, and it was even more than Jealousy Incarnate, which already had a lot, but at least, I feel like there was more of a uniting tone and a uniting kind of idea of like what she like, wanted like the show knew where past. it was going and in this yeah, one the show seemed was... to have forgotten where it was going i mean there never really was a feeling of where it was going even that's from very, the beginning that's very true but you know so, how that can work the way it worked in jealousy incarnate and it just it di- it didn't come together enough no so yeah no and jealousy incarnate came together a lot earlier mm-hmm. than this which I don't know if it ever really did come together, but it was just very, it was very unfocused and mm. all over the place. So I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch the second half, but that's just how I felt. From and the, the weird thing is that I actually, I think the cast chemistry is much better in this than it was in Jealousy, which may sound sacrilegious, but honestly, really? I, I, th- I think so. 
Interesting. Well, the bromance was weak to me in Jealousy Incarnate. Yeah, I, I didn't so really too. buy the bromance between um, the two best friends that were in love with the same girl. Whereas in this, the, the bromance game was strong, and so was the romance. But it somehow didn't capitalize on everything that it had. So it was disappointing. So maybe the conclusion is the gangsters and the cooking have to stay in separate dramas. Well, the gangsters co- w- worked, but it was like Jenyuk's character, his actual arc, not his gangsters, but the actual, uh, his character development. It all went with, you know, uh, his mum and it kind of, it went off in a completely different direction. Like it diverged so far that it was, it was weird that they were in the same drama at all. Was it like too much time spent on like this backstory of the characters and not enough time spent on their it actual wasn't backstory? It was actual sort of present story. It was just oh, a okay. different story, okay. <laughs> and oh, you know, yeah, it felt very sort of like you know, separate vignette type of not. Yeah, they were just they were very disparate, and they didn't you know, they mm. diverged without coming back together uh, soon enough or effectively enough. That's too bad for this cast. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. But if it weren't for the cast, then it wouldn't have worked. With a weaker cast, uh, the drama itself would have just fallen apart completely. Mm. Yeah, in episode one. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Like, there was no way I would have watched another episode if it wasn't for the performances of yeah. those three. I act- you know, I actually, I with like Jung Yeon, I like her so much and I think she's got an edge on Gong Hyojin for me she just has something else a a little bit more sparkle a little bit more impishness Uh, I I really love her I see that yeah she's amazing so I feel like I would probably watch anything that she does you know going forward she has more mischief in her eyes yeah and she just yeah so I will continue to watch her, but I hope she has a better better ending next time. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so finally, <laughs> what's wrong with that creep? <laughs> I can tell you what was wrong with it. It was way too long. It needed to stop yeah, at 12 episodes. episodes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it really wow. did. I appreciated all the cute scenes and the bromanciness and just I it just those four episodes was just fan filler and those yeah, just filler but just just fan service it's like oh you guys like these two together so here take four more episodes of completely <laughs> bullshit obstacles that are no obstacles at yeah, all that I began to not enjoy it because of that because you know good things need to also be in measured doses because I. Yeah, I also feel like there was an obstacle that they could have written about, and they just completely swept it under the... The whole job thing! I have a really big problem with the way they're talking about the ending. Let's do it. Okay, I I, want to go into the the way that things ended, because I have extremely huge issues. Why is it that she started this drama wanting to leave and find herself and figure out what her dream is, because she put her life on hold for the last nine years being his secretary, and now her dream is to be his secretary? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Am I the only one that was bothered by no, that? I, I, I have a problem with that. I don't have an inherent problem with uh, her liking and wanting to stay at her job, but I felt that they didn't, like you say, they swept it under the carpet, and it was just... Uh, 
you needed to deal with that more because otherwise you've undermined her entire the entire premise of the drama in fact which is not that yeah, it was a romantic was... journey but it was a journey of finding yourself right and the yeah and then her figuring out what she really wants to do instead of just doing what he wants yeah, like, all I the time but even actually... by the end Sorry, go on. She was still doing what he wanted all the time. And I mean, she did kind of put up a token thing of, like, a protest, but it wasn't really a protest. Like, she's like, oh, you're being a bulldozer. But they still end up doing everything that he wants to do in the end. Yeah, so like, you like, know, with the whole wedding dress thing, I thought that, like, you could see that, you know, she's like, oh, you're you're choosing the wedding dress. And and then she didn't, like, she just, like, acceded to it. And you're like, what, you can And then she's like, something? sorry, I'm always working and you're having to do all the work. Yeah, I was like, no, I was like, he's yeah. being controlled. Yeah, I, there was no, I mean, like, they needed some conflict in the last few episodes. And I was really hoping that they would address this whole dynamic they have where, like, he talks to her in Banmal and he talks to her really casually. And she's still using, like, her super formal secretary voice with him, even when they're not at work and they're in their personal time. Mm, and that she still and addresses like, him as, you know, Pujang Yeah. Like, can you not? <laughs> you know, the, the weird thing is, I can practically see these two, like, 20 years later, and she's still calling him vice chairman. In my head, that that's what's happening. Because you, it's really hard to break out of that habit. And if you don't do it while you're dating, then when the hell are you going to do it? Maybe after like, marriage. It, it, <laughs> yeah, but the dynamic is so set, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't, he, he mimics her at one point, though, and, and I find that completely adorable. But... Yeah, she she cannot break out of that um, well, way of speaking. For once, I didn't have a problem on his side. He was, you know, like he wanted her to call him Oppa. He wanted her to talk to him like more casually. It was her that just wouldn't change. And it was like very mystifying why she wouldn't change. Like even if she has to keep that up at work, like why would she not change her you know, and then no, there's you, that whole you, thing of, like, where her dad is like, well, when she's smiling, it's not always how she feels. But then they never address that. She just keeps smiling and going along with everything. Until yeah, you know, by the end, um, well, by the last few weeks, it every time she smiles, it actually really bothered me. Because it, like, it, it's one thing to be the secretary and fake smile, but to be the girlfriend and then the wife and to still be fake smiling, that's really, like, yeah. there's something wrong you know there's something wrong with secretary kim um and the other thing that i felt um just to rewind a little bit to what you were saying a little bit earlier you see, is that i felt that she actually needed to leave like she, it, even if she came back 100%. she needed to leave in the first place just to not yes. be in that environment go and do something else try and something else yeah, and also when they were like, you only have a week left of your month, I was like, wait, what? Like, it's only been three weeks, are you serious? It felt like three months had passed. I think three months had since passed. Since gave her notice. <laughs> yeah. It, in airing time. No, the, the, there is also a consistency problem in the uh, drama, because if you guys remember, in, in the first uh, third of the drama, they suddenly had this... A uh, situation where some kind of a uh, opening of a gallery thing had been pulled up uh, by a month and they had like a month to prepare instead of two months to prepare so they did have a month of preparation going in there it's yeah. very good they didn't so have she was supposed to quit after year. that she was supposed to leave after that event, yeah. but instead they have like three more weeks of stuff happening. Like it just <laughs> exactly. Like ideally, they should have had like two months to do all of this stuff in. If like even that's a pretty tight schedule, but still, like one month was just there is no way so much happened in like that period of time. Yeah. No, so I have had her actually. Sorry, go ahead. 
I agree with you guys that they had they had so many strings that they could have actually pulled into proper plot threads but um they just abandoned them r- randomly one of the things that i really wanted them to deal with ab- after the initial you know he wants her to stay and then realizes he has feelings for uh, situation happened is that once they start their relationship the the disparity between their class should have come up more mm-hmm. though the backbiting that happens for like that one half episode where some people are like oh that's why she's in such a high position she must have been sleeping with the uh, the vice chairman for all of the nine years of that that is what people do in real workplace especially when there is the you know a romance it becomes public between um someone superior and and, and a subordinate if it that is absolutely the reaction that that was some people in workplace have they should have dealt with that more instead it became this they ran away <laughs> yeah and also their colleagues went and defended and apparently nobody back bitched again or she was perfectly fine with it she was clearly not fine with it like her face showed that she hated being talked about like that and that was primarily the reason she didn't want the office romance to be outed because she was going to be put in that uncomfortable situation which uh, Park Soojun's character didn't realize and she didn't tell him and then it came out and he was like oh great i wanted it to be known anyway and it never occurs to him the, the situation the position she would be put in once it becomes public because nobody and she never Yeah and she never said see this is why I didn't want us to become public she's exactly. like oh well when I started dating you I was expecting it exactly. I was like what yeah even in 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 their dating life she's his subordinate that's how like there are as you said there are moments when she puts her foot down and she will not do what he wants her to do but those are rare usually she just she's very passive she goes along with whatever he wants like her face might show that she's not completely cool with it but she'll just go like initially we found it super cute when she would just like he would say something narcissistic and she would smile and she would agree it would have been nice if at one point they would have been like okay enough with that shut up yeah. Yeah. shut up with the aura thing i would have really liked that because no, instead she, instead of saying that she's like only do that around me i'm like what <laughs> what okay yeah yeah save your narcissism and lordliness for when we're alone and together. And also what's that what's that dumbass of the 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 stupid conflict they put in in the last episode where she's taken him to this cafe where she's had coffee with her one blind date and he's freaking out and they are comparing that situation to this woman um to her colleague taking her boyfriend to a restaurant she used to frequent with an ex and they meet the ex and they have a drama and they're like oh that's completely the same situation No, it's yeah, and it's like, like it's that's that's you've clearly yeah. done something wrong, so you have to apologize. And then she ends up apologizing for something that she didn't need to apologize for. That's so weird. Oh, she was super weird and just, yeah. No, uh, I mean, I, I love these two together, but I just, I wanted her to, uh, like, show more backbone. And she just seemed to show less. Like, she was showing more backbone in the beginning of, of the drama where her position was secure. She knew where she was. and like what her position was how important she was in his life she was absolutely secure and confident about herself she showed more backbone then than she did at the end of the drama where she is in in, in a situation where she's clearly coming from a lower economic uh, strata and and uh, becoming a chebol wife and she knows that she is in a weaker position you can tell that from her interactions 
and even though she tells her mother in law that i can't be receiving gifts i mean that just makes me feel just as bad as you know you demanding gifts from me uh, she doesn't say it but yeah that, that just that situation the happens yeah but yeah but and even though the mother in law is all ha ha yeah i understand i'm so sorry made you uncomfortable but the thing is there is an economic disparity and in especially in this country in uh, east asian and south asian countries th- this is a very real thing in any country actually it's, uh, the the uh, economic background of of a couple matters especially when they are going to be you know like i'm um, joining accounts they're going to be joining property what one couple brings and the other couple brings does influence what what their um you know like private dynamic is like who's stronger like the financial yeah, I mean, partner is usually stronger in other things as well they have more of a say so like yeah yeah, yeah in real life I terms like money is the number it. one problem like reason that people get divorced and like we said like they kind of did lip service to all these different things without actually addressing them properly and like i remember when we were first starting this drama and we were like oh this actually seems you know to be kind of flipping the script on some of these things and we were like oh it might actually be interesting because they're still in those stereotypical positions of boss and secretary but it looks like they're actually going to do something interesting with it but nope in the end they just re um reinscribed those same norms and they just kind of doubled down on those same like gender dynamics and i, I yeah. don't know it right. like it's really, really, stuff really exciting a previous episode Park Sujun's character is fine there's nothing like he he's trying to be as sensitive as possible right. but he can't do this alone right Park Min Young's character also had to like step up she had to act like his equal he's trying to pull her up and make her act like his equal but she keeps insisting on staying his subordinate and, and that's and that's yeah. it's become the dynamic of their relationship and she in the beginning she was doing that and then like at a certain yeah. point she was she yeah. was being sassy she was talking back at him and, and there were times when and it was hilarious because like she was she was utilizing the power that she had within the limits of her position and she knew she was indispensable so she was confident in her position now she seems to have been put in a weaker position now that she's both wife and his secretary she needs and to also not like, be his secretary no i, I like when the, the, there was this episode near the end where he finally realizes why she actually you know after he talks to her dad and realizes how much she sacrificed and after she kind of kind of sees what's been going on in the past like he kind of opens his eyes and he's like oh i should let you go and then he tells her i'm going to let you go and and she he like finally understands but now it's like she doesn't get it anymore like i and then she, and then she, her what's her reason like people still need me and i'm happy and i'm good at this job but like yeah she she's jealous that secretary. she's her position might go it just yeah. she no, she's she coming to somebody else's She can be a high-powered secretary that works for someone else. She doesn't need to work for him mm-hmm. if that's really her dream. Yeah, yeah but she is comfortable in that position so she doesn't want to give it up. But you know what again as as Vasai said I don't have a problem with her staying in her position. It's because contrary to what popular uh, uh, the <laughs> the way people talk about following your dream thing is most people find out that they're good at something by doing that thing. Yeah, no. So true. she is so good at this job. She knows that like she excels at it. So and that's that's a, a really good feeling to know that you excel at something. So that that is great. 
she could have come back to it as you said after a period of going out into the world and it's so because it's like she take was a sabbatical a girl you know yeah just like, take a year know, off if the continuity hadn't been messed up and she'd actually quit after the opening of that art gallery and then she had taken like a month or two months to explore her options and then she came back and during that time they were like getting closer and falling in love and stuff and then she decided to come back like that would have actually worked okay yeah and really honestly they should have just dated more like she should have stopped being his secretary they should have dated for a longer period of time and they could she could have come back as a secretary and they could have gotten married it just it was such a simple thing to do and it would have established their dynamic she needed to stop being his subordinate before they got married yeah seriously it's it influences the way she behaves with him all the time cuz she never gets out of secretary mm. mode she's always it's really creepy marriage. when they're like taking their relationship all the way and she's still in secretary mode like what uh <laughs> yeah and and simple things like her pouring his water and him realizing that he's been doing this for so many years as his secretary and he's taken it for granted but now he wants her to behave you know like he's she's his girlfriend not his secretary and but she's still behaving like his secretary so again that break really needed to happen and they seem to address it at that point and then as he said they just dropped it yeah I think it's more annoying because they acknowledge it, but then it never goes anywhere. You know, it's almost more yeah. annoying because of that. Like so they clearly know it's problematic. This did yeah. the same thing as Walk of Love in that they just reverted to known and tried and very tired tropes, and it just became a very conventional, unsatisfying conclusion to what started off really well. Yeah, it seems to be the theme today. <sighs> Apparently. <laughs> 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 I want to I want to give a shout out to uh the uh the, the secondary uh, secondary couples like I know that you Oh really yeah. Like the, uh, I I really uh, like the Koginam and the what was her name? Uh the other secretary um, Kim. Gia. Gia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was really cute. They were cute. Like I hated him <laughs> in the beginning, but I actually yeah. really found them cute by the end. Yeah. Also yeah, like Bora was, was annoying, okay. but Young Bisoni was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Secretary Yang or like Driver Yang, yeah. he, like yeah, he yeah. was so adorable. <laughs> and the superhero music yeah. that would happen whenever he, <laughs> whenever he. I know. Was... My hero. <laughs> My yeah, hero. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I enjoyed the secondary uh, romances a lot. So, I really yeah. did want um, uh, Kang Kyung's character uh, was it Yushik? Um, to be with the I, was, I was so I was so shipping them. <laughs> I was really disappointed that uh, that didn't happen because they were so they were just, they, they would have really been cute. great together. They were so yeah, cute. but but yeah. you know what? Here's the thing: he's not gonna last with his ex-wife. They've just predicated on lies, and it's just <laughs> not gonna work out. They didn't divorce. Nothing. They were together for ten years and divorced. True. That relationship is not gonna last, and Secretary Sol is still there. So, True. and he clearly is fond of her. So I have some I, hopes. I love their dynamic so much. Like you know, she'd come in in the morning, and he'd be like, "Okay, what have you done today?" And it's like it never occurs to him that you can get a new secretary, right? He's just <laughs> He's such a great boss. He's like on his spare shirts in the cabinet for when she's going to spill stuff on him. He's just ready. 
so cute. I kind of wish that this drama had had them as the main couple. Yeah, and, like, I would take and that. And Young Jun were like happening in the background. <laughs> that would have been so great. Oh, he needs yeah, to he the best relationship advice. Like throughout, there are I have so many of of so many nuggets of his wisdom yeah. given to. Uh, Somebody take the underwear know. off your heart. <laughs> take off the underwear from your heart. That's my <laughs> that was a really good line. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I, I was also mad that, like, Yushik got shafted by his best friend so much when he was, like, having his own time of pain. And Young Jun was like, whatever. Who cares about your pain? Back to my problem. <laughs> Did you find that Young Jun's character yeah. was a little bit kind of uh, not quite congruous? As in, he'd have his, you know, narcissist moment, and then he'd be that, you know, sensitive, soulful, considerate uh, person, and that they didn't quite... Yeah, but what, as match? with all Korean drama, uh, Chebos, he's only sensitive and considerate where uh, Kim Miso is concerned. Like, who who else was he considerate towards? Seriously. When he would get deep and thoughtful. He, Sorry, but go like on. He points it out himself. He's like, I'm really full of, I'm really amazing, but for you, I'm making this exception, and you're going to have the honor of having my whatever, like my, my love and my... For the rest of my life. So, like, he's not being subtle about the fact that she's the only <laughs> acceptance to the rule. I needed her to, to shout at him at least once, like, call him an ass to his face. Like, the way she had uh, that breakdown initially, where she called him a narcissist, like, where he was chasing her and she, and she like, wooing, trying to peculiarly woo her, and she called him a narcissist. I needed that to happen once they were in a relationship. That yeah. would have stabilized the dynamic so much more. Because once he confesses his love to her, it's like she can't shake the boat. And and that is the beginning of, of a really messed up dynamic. You know what it is? Yeah, yeah, you know what it is? You never get the feeling that she feels 100% free to speak their mind and they're really exactly. in her mind. And to tell him exactly. and to call him out on his BS. And even when he makes some kind of development or he realizes that he's done something wrong, it's never because she told him. It's like he's so amazing that he just figured it out on his own. Oh, you should tell him. True. <laughs> yeah, you should tell him. Usually, usually, you has told him. <laughs> and you know, what? to, to Young Jun's credit, he seems to know that you should call his um, bullshit because he does go to him a lot when he can't figure out his problems. <laughs> and he acts on Yushik's uh, advice. He does, yeah. The other thing I kind of loved her sisters, though. Her sisters were awesome. Yeah, her sisters were awesome. Her, her father needed to not come into the picture at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they thought that was necessary. I, uh, was, I was just generally not okay with this character Taylor. to begin with. And yeah, it was just it was randomly just thrown in. Yeah. yeah. I, on a yeah. purely shallow and extremely um, fluffy and non-critical note, though, I do, I did enjoy the fact that we got to see like the whole wedding, like oh yeah, sure. the dress <laughs> and the tuxedo and the speech, like and the guests eating food and like with the. I mean, I just, I feel like um, it was very old school in that way, where like nowadays it's it's like it's been so overdone to have the whole wedding and everything that like we don't really see it that often. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're just two extremely beautiful people that look gorgeous getting married. So I kind of just appreciate it. <laughs> was, I know it's, like, not... Was it that really have a critical value, but I, I enjoyed that part of fan service. She looks really nice in a wedding dress, and he looks amazing in <laughs> sex, and they're 
that Very cute. venue was uh, was that the same place they had the Jealousy Incarnate wedding? Because it looked a bit like it. It looked very similar. They all look the same, man. I, mean, <laughs> I don't feel like one wedding hall looks like or so. Yeah. That's like the generic wedding hotel thing. No, because it had the uh, whole stage, you know, where Jo Jung Suk did his song and everything. So yeah. it looks like it. There's a garden house. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> the hospital where her dad was being um, kept overnight was the same hospital as the one where, um, what's his name, wakes up. Uh, the live up to your name guy. Oh, was it? So, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I recognize some of the, the way the walls were constructed. So. <sighs> I'm sure they, they use a lot of these drama locations. Well, I discovered, uh, last night I discovered uh, this uh, website called Korean Drama Land. Um, where they list uh, drama locations, so you can actually oh, go and 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 look up um, dramas and locations. So it's koreandramaland.com. Interesting. And there's this beanie that posts a lot on Drama Beans, who like her her son's school is like an international private school. And, oh like, yeah. They film a lot of dramas at that school, so like she went and visited the set when Ayers was filming there, and I think maybe like. It was it like Sassy Gogo or some other school also. Yeah. Filled, or was it also school twenty seventeen? Maybe school twenty eighteen. Yeah. Seventeen. That's interesting. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just... I remember reading those comments. They were really fun. That was an interesting behind the scenes look. But yeah, I spent like two hours on this website last night when I should have been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> they have this whole oh. long, long feature piece for um, I'm not a robot. So of course. I clicked on every single one. There's no choice. Because, you know, his estate is like, you know, you look at it and you're like, wow, I want to live there. Turns out that it's a place called Battery Park, um, where, which is, oh, hold on. This isn't even interesting, but, um, yeah, Battery Park somewhere in my history. There it is. Oh, uh, as, uh, since you're talking about locations, did you notice how initially the shots of Young Jun's um, house was basically the same shots as the Secret Garden uh, uh, house and the whole glass facade thing? And when pe- they realize that people are really, they keep going like, oh, it's like the Secret Garden house. The and they changed it house. to a nighttime. They changed the, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not just that. They changed the angle of the house. They, they changed where, you know, the, the, the introductory uh, scenes that they do where they show you a shot inside a shot of the house and then the scene of the how inside the house starts. They changed the angle of that completely. So that they, it might be the same house, but it's no longer the same uh, <laughs> angle. Uh, perspective. Angle. Yeah, I actually yeah. noticed that. I didn't think that that's, I didn't think about the fact that they would have done it for that reason. That's yeah. interesting. No, 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 they definitely did. They definitely did it for that reason. <laughs> oh, uh, one other point before we go off to upcoming dramas, um, or if you guys have something to say, um, is uh, Young Jun's parents are horrible people. They're just horrible, horrible people. I mean, yeah, they're very nice uh, superficially. They like me so. It's not just the decision that they made about their uh, children's lives, like letting one boy believe, uh, like they just they, they, they did something horrible. They, instead of getting their older son um, therapy, help yeah. or yeah, therapy, they just ignored the problem and let their younger son burden the, uh, like shoulder the burden of believing that he had done something horrible. Like even if he d- doesn't remember 
why would you let your son believe that he's done something horrible to his brother when he has not done it why would you do that the terrible people and then the towards the end for no good reason the mom has been perfectly cool with kimmy so and and youngjun having a relationship she been suddenly for she's it. not okay no she's not okay because she's like oh but your brother has really? a crush on me so so you know maybe this is not a good thing and the I, only redeeming part of that was you, that it took like 10 seconds to get resolved. I was like, oh, thank no, God. That, that made, that's not even redeeming because, I mean, they could not have done anything else with it. But that just shows you so much about how this woman's mind works, this fictional woman's mind works. Well, she's not better in Dear Judge either. <laughs> she's yeah. a horrible judge of everything. She, she just, she's just a horrible. And she's going to be a terrible mother-in-law to me, so. Okay, <laughs> I know she's all nice and polite and sweet and she'll apologize and she'll take jewelry men for me so because me so said no to one thing you have to be funny ha but just, yeah that was really messed up I was like yeah. what I'm just I'm telling you guys she's going to be like the she was mother-in-law than all other drama mother-in-law she has the makings of someone who's going to smile at you and do terrible things and you will not be able to say anything to her face yeah sorry <laughs> no i mean that's pretty spot on i i can't disagree Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy doing which is why I'm not saying I enjoyed I enjoyed all the skinship though. I was very happy while this like whenever these two were I all like you were. oh <laughs> yeah. I was very happy with that. I know what you live for. <laughs> yeah, well, I am shallow. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, so it was upcoming drama. Yeah. I think we should. It's been like 3 hours. <laughs> So um August 1st we have Familiar Wife coming up which is Ji Sung. Yay! Yay! And um Hanjimin. Yeah. Which is Hanjimin is fine. She's solid. I don't have a lot of emotions about her, but basically the premise is that they've been married for 5 years. She's I mean, I guess the spark is gone or he's like you're not the girl that I remember marrying or whatever and then um there's some element of It says he makes a choice, but I think there's an element. It's listed as romance fantasy time travel, so I guess he goes back in time to before they met. Um basically it has consequences for everyone in their life. So that's um the premise is a little And then there's something unmarried. And I don't mean that he yeah. remembers being married to her. Otherwise the the premise would not have been written that way. Probably. So he's in this alternate reality and she's not his wife. Right. So yeah. So, yeah. So it changes their lives in the present day basically. And um the thing that interests me about it other than the fact that it's starring Ji Sung, which is always a great thing, um is it's this director of Shopping King Louie and the writer of or one of the writers of Weightlifting Fairy and High School King of Savvy. So like we love those dramas. Mm-hmm. Um so it just sounds like a really cute time travel rom-com from the premise. So I'm excited. I feel like anybody else so long since I've seen Jisung in a romance that I'm kind of like romance Jisung cuz I I mean I, I feel know. like the romance in Kill Me Heal Me was really good though. It was quite a long time ago though. And since then, you know, we've had Defendant and That's true. What else? Anyway, Entertainer which we That's shall never speak of again. Yeah, Entertainer, yeah, Entertainer <laughs> and Defendant. Yeah, I didn't watch Entertainer, but So, like I want to see him paper. smiling and not crying to be honest. <laughs> That would I would appreciate that. That's a very good point. It was tough. It was rough. Yeah. I, I think I'm just in a thriller mood, so I'm like, why is Jason coming back in something that isn't a thriller? 
Let the poor guy be happy, Saya. <laughs> He's happy in real life. Can he be unhappy in Drama Land? He does, you know, amazing things when he's unhappy in Drama Land. Yeah, maybe, but I just need to see him smiling. Yeah. Fine, he's you guys are going to get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll come back to thrillers next year. I hope so. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then on August 11th, um, there's uh, Voice 2. No. That's going to be on OCM. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have Zhang Hyuk. It doesn't need him either. Voice that whole two, drama. Yeah, it's Eden Wook and Lihana. So they're basically the it's the emergency call center where they have like they have to get things within the golden time. Did either of you guys watch voice the first one? I did I just not. watched a couple of episodes and yeah, you're right, I guess Jung Hyuk was not exactly the center yeah. of the Jung Hyuk uh, also said uh, that, you know, he's done with this drama because he feels like his character has gone everywhere it needed to go and there's no further like there's nowhere else for his character to go. He's had closure, uh, and that's you know that's true. Um, it sounds like a very basic procedural to me. Just for well, I I watched the original the first one, and oh, you did? Okay. I did, yeah. And I'm really yeah I, yeah. There's enough in the premise to bring it back as a procedural, but I didn't like. It was really, it was really really like brutal. So in terms of on-screen violence mm-hmm. and stuff, there was a lot of it. Um, it the trailer. Looked- like this was this was uh, one of those shows where the fights just went on for too long and they were boring and they were just yeah no yeah, yeah. well it's OCN right so I not I'm not well, OCN has made pretty good dramas but you know voice but they tend to lean hard on the on the action don't they but they still have a decent you know um, plot and character development stuff going on I just, I have I'm still scarred from the first one so just the thought of a second one is making me angry. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch that, probably. Oh, and just to let you guys know, um, Familiar Wife is going to be airing on TBN. I forgot to mention that. Okay, the n- another one that's uh, got a very, perhaps some might say, an appropriate title. It's called Lovely Horribly. It's It's got it's a romance drama starring Park Shi-Hoo as the romantic lead. So, um... Yeah, it's on KBS, of course, and it's listed as a rom-com slash horror, which is basically horror is my reaction to. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say about that. And didn't the director of that have a scandal recently about? Oh, well, I don't know if you call it a scandal, but he he made an inappropriate comment uh, to to one of the uh, crew or cast. Hold on, should I talk about this before I look it up? I did not hear about that, so I don't, I don't know. Let me quickly see if I can find it. So the PD uh, of the of Lovely Horribly makes insensitive remark. This is on Koala's Playground. Uh, insensitive remark comparing bad acting to Seoul Ferry uh, grieving parents. Uh, and that was obviously... Good lord. Yeah, like... My not God. received well. <laughs> so why would you but I mean, something what do you like expect that? from someone who decided to choose Park Chi Hoo for their romantic lead in their projects? Like, ah, uh, born. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, it was the first thing you think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I guess none of us are watching this. Absolutely not. And the last one is listed. Um, it's not listed for an air date, but I think it's airing after what's currently airing on KBS at that time. Hang on. I'll look it up just to let people have a, an idea of when it's going to start. Mm-hmm. It's starting after Your House Helper Ends. 
So um, it's basically, it's called The Ghost Detective. It's airing on KBS. It's got Daniel Choi and Puck and Ben and Nijia. So I love both of those people, but it's it sounds like a he's dishonorably discharged from the military, and she becomes his assistant. Um, he's a private investigator, and they work together on solving mysteries. Sounds quite fun. Yeah, horror thriller is what it's listed at. Who's writing? So it sounds fun. <laughs> writing? I haven't heard of the writer, but it's the director of Chief Kim and Paige Turner, so that's pretty cool. Ooh. Both are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the writer wrote Oh, Wanted. Wanted. Didn't you recap yeah. this? I did recap. It was my first ever recapping. I liked it. A lot of people said it was a, not a good uh, that they didn't do a good job, but I thought it was. I thought it was enjoyable and good and tense. And um, oh, well, I'm glad. But I'm you also said not that. a connoisseur <laughs> of like thrillers, so maybe my standards for thrillers are not as like exacting as some other people who watch them all the time. But like, I enjoyed it. I think more people's more people's um, complaints about that were that the actress wasn't expressive enough, and that they didn't find her to be emotive enough for a, like, a woman who lost her child. Yeah. But, but I she's she really fine. emotive. I mean, judging from Live Up to Your Name, at least. She's perfect. She was better in Live Up to Your Name. Like, she was amazing in Live Up to Your Name. In Wanted, she was a little bit more restrained. But I also just felt like that was a character choice. That mm. she, because she had grown up since age seven, she was a child actress, too. So she was just not oh. used to expressing her emotions in public. So I felt it worked for the character. So, yeah, I mean, I think it sounds good to me. I'm I might check it out. I'm going to check it out. I think out. it's a good team, yeah. Daniel Choi is always awesome. Puck yeah. is always awesome, so, yeah. But what what does the, oh, right, the ghost part of the title refer to? Um, so some of their cases involve ghosts. That's all, it's, that's all it says. Actually, ghosts is making me rethink this. I'm not a horror person. <laughs> okay, you check it out and tell me if I can handle it. I get scared very easily. Okay, I mean... <laughs> I think I would be more into this. It was like a horror comedy, but it's listed as a horror thriller. So I think it just really depends on the tone of the first episode, whether it's going to be like... Because this director could go in both ways. Because Chief Kim had a really amazing, like, funny tone that still managed to be really heartwarming. And just like my um, obligatory PSA, go watch Chief Kim if you haven't seen it. It's amazing. Um, It will make you happy and it will make your day better. But... It, he also did Page Turner, which was Page Turner like really scary? Did you guys know? Page Turner was cute. Mm. <laughs> okay. So maybe this will ball. be more. Oh, right. That one. Okay. You guys mentioned it before. It's with Jisoo, right? And, yeah. Um, and Kim So Hyun. Kim So Hyun, yeah. Mm. So yeah. maybe it'll have like the thriller elements while also being kind of heartwarming. Who knows? I can go for that. <laughs> Yeah. I think we should wait for the trailer to um, figure this out because like Daniel Cho is not exactly my favorite, but um, again, uh, the the crew behind the uh, thing is is making me optimistic. So let's just wait for the trailer. Yeah, I like him. I in the right role, he's he can be really good. So yeah, they haven't released the trailer yet. So once they release that, then we'll have a better idea about what it's gonna be like. So yeah, that's what's coming up in August. It's a much shorter list than July. <laughs> Thank God, because we don't have enough hours in the day to watch everything. Yeah, man, already. that was one long list. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the question of the yak. 
push to the X. Yeah. So in keeping with the theme of this, what has kind of turned into the theme of this of this episode, um, I ha- I want to ask like dramas in which the heroine became less of a badass after she fell in love and became disappointing. No. <laughs> which I most drama. Yeah. Although I'm going to consult my list to to see if I because I can't remember what I've watched. To see which one's the oh. most egregious. Yeah, what was like memorable? I mean, there's a lot of them that are kind of, but I, for me, like Secret Garden was a big one. Oh yeah, where she was so badass in the beginning, and she was so independent and so tough, and then she just became like this depressed doormat that yeah, never raised her voice. Yeah, that was really, it was really egregious. Um, do you guys? Have I've any got other kind ones? of an opposite answer to this, actually, um, because. This is a drama that really scarred me. Yongpal, where you had uh, Kim Tae-hee. So, in the first half of the drama, she's kind of normal. and Well, not normal. She was in a coma for like a thousand years. Um, <laughs> and, but the second half of the drama, she just turns into like a queen of the underworld. And, you know, self-styled crocodile queen. And she's nuts. So... Yeah. Mm. So a different crazy. type of change in the heroine's yeah. character. Yeah. And this is after she fell in love. It was mm. just, that was a very weird drama. I feel like Park Min Young kind of did this in City Hunter too. I think she was kind of um, not badass to start with. I mean, I uh, love City Hunter, I mean, she but was I didn't a, find She was her. a bodyguard. So like, they have this one where she like tries to, like they have a physical fight at one point where she doesn't know why he's like in his mask and but she's never particularly threatening or effective as a bodyguard. Yeah, and I guess that's true. She's never really Yeah, that's true. She's never really that much of a badass despite <laughs> her job description. She's too cuddly to be a like to be like a threatening bodyguard. I don't know. She doesn't have that kind of vibe. Farmon, do you have any that stick in your minds? Uh, I can for some bizarre reason I, I but right now I can't think of any um, heroines who started off as badass and then because I can't think of too many badass heroines to begin with. <laughs> well, um, I mean they don't necessarily have to be like badass in the physical sense. No, I mean ba- really badass in, in, in the father is strange eldest sister way yeah, and like exactly. you say badass throughout. So that's mm-hmm. the idea. And I'm trying to think of other instances. See, what happens in most dramas is that it's not so much that they become less badass, it's that they become less relevant as the plot moves towards its conclusion. Like in the beginning, for first few episodes, when you're introducing the character, the, the female character might seem amazing. Like they, they they make sure, oh, you know what? A very good example of this is, I'm sorry, I'm moving away from Korean dramas, but for some reason my head is in the Chinese drama game right now. It's okay. It's <laughs> is uh, Nirvana and Fire. Um, the heroine there, um, if you will, she, the, her introductory scene is about her uh, battling two men together and um, she defeats them and she's like clearly an amazing, uh, the incompetent person. She's a, she's a general. She's been defeating armies. She's been protecting her kingdom from, from southern uh, in or Western invasion, something like that. And then her father realizes she's too much of a threat as a general and kind of like sits her down, like b- b- brings her back to the palace and is like, you must get married because, you know, that way she, her tooth would be, she'd become toothless. Um, so that's her arc. So she's introduced as a super badass woman. 
and then like in the initial few episodes that there is a, there is the situation where again the, the court is plotting to make her toothless so she's put in situations where other women might have wilted but she keeps fighting so that's still cool but then that's like the first third and then the rest of the drama has her sidelined completely she's only relevant because like her only relevancy comes out when she um, identifies like she she identifies the hero as the hero like she knew him from childhood and she's convinced that he is the guy she knew from childhood and then she figures out his identity a very count of monte cristo type thing mm. and that's basically just her arc like she falls by the wayside she's no longer badass she's just waiting in a mountain i don't know because of it's just like she i don't even know why they spent that entire scene introducing her as someone who's a badass warrior when her warrior creds are never put to test afterwards mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's like the most recent drama that i could think of where that happened in a very blatant way and it happens like quite often it just right now i can't think of yeah <laughs> maybe it's become so ubiquitous do you feel like yeah. the sentence of the sun did that a little bit i don't think you watched the sentence of the sun i did watch it and yeah. i don't think that yeah No, nah, I don't um, think that. Yeah, no, it wasn't the heroine. It's just that the plot took a really weird turn at the end that made no sense. <laughs> I really loved that show, so I have nothing bad to say about it except that yeah, it was Yeah, uh, that whole thing where they like disappear and come uh in the desert. Uh, that was just Yeah, I c- I can deal with that because I love the rest of it so much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you're right. She was a she was a, one of the better Kim and Sook heroines. I like her. If you consider of the arc of the secondary couple, um, the girl uh, played by the Fight My Way heroine, Kim Jiwon. Oh, um, just to completely yeah. sort of randomly cut in there, uh, Song Joong Ki yeah. and Kim Jiwon uh, just got cast together in a drama, which is quite exciting. I'm really, oh. you know, I'm, I'm excited to see this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Yeah so anyway that was my, that was my point so she she was again her introduction was also pretty um it's no, not like amazing. the introduction was so badass but like her character remained uh, uh, competent and cool throughout yeah, so she was awesome for sure what what usually happens with female characters is just that like in the first third of the drama they'll be put uh, oh uh, i thought of another one police unit 38 Um Saya you remember the the uh, Seo and Gook's uh, love interest like the girl that oh, the girl yeah. in the tax office um I yeah, yeah, can't remember her name Yeah um so she was initially like she was uh, she was suspicious of his motives while her boss was teaming up with this Seo and Gook's character cuz he's a con man and she has experience with him for years ago he had conned her and um all of that she she's like in in the first half of the drama she is um treated almost like a protagonist and then um it just she then kind she of goes away, away. Mm. it's away which is which is what happens most often it's not so much that their badassery decelerates it's that they just fade away mm. in the plot okay so the yeah it does and like um i was actually not thinking of the sense of the sun i was thinking of the airs different kinds of drama. Oh, actually you're right it is true about is. <laughs> yeah, it totally is, is yeah. She totally she's loves like, the backbone. She's so um I actually really liked her in the beginning. She was mm. really, 
you know, she stood up for herself. She didn't fall for his lines, and she was really... And then he turns into, like, this creepy stalker, but she doesn't care because he's, like, a borderline sexual harasser, and she's just, like, fine with it. He, like, shows up everywhere she is, and then, like, suddenly she's just, everything's okay, and she doesn't say anything, and his all the people in his life are treating her like garbage, doesn't say anything. Oh, that show made me so angry. Oh, <laughs> doctors! Doctors! Come did, on. She, did she become less of a badass? It, it, it's more that... Um, I think there was no she, room she, for her to do that stuff anymore because she was busy doing doctoring. Yeah, but also, I don't know, I wasn't too impressed by her, how her character sort of like, I don't know, trimmed out towards the end. Like she was, she, yes, she was introduced as a wild child, but I'm talking about her as being a doctor and then beating up gangsters who barged into her hospital. That's how she was after she had grown up and become, um, you know, a resident. And I feel like we're talking about a genre change at that point, though, because it, it's a, it started off like as that but it kind of because it was a romance so it kind I of suppose you're right. it's, it's moved more, than, more it, fully it, it, into it its genre, genre. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah you're right <laughs> but it just I really want to see um, uh, Park Shinhe Park Shinhe right yeah I want to see Park Shinhe in, in just like um, of, of all the dramas that she's done Pinocchio uh, You're Beautiful and even maybe Heartstrings pretty much the only dramas that I would go back and watch again um, for her. The other dramas, I just, I, her, her characters were not super impressive or they were inconsistent or problematic or it just, I, she really needs to do a good project and soon. I, yeah, I, I don't know her. if it's that she chooses these types of projects or if it's because she's typecast into this kind of role because she was a child actress and that's just going to become her image of being like this very demure kind of and also like, she can be a badass but she does it and then she becomes like this this timid mousy innocent yeah. whenever a, a man uh, comes on to her it's it's very just um uh, yeah no no she no, gets no, that no. deer in the headlights kind of look in her eyes yeah that that needs to go away like in doctors there was no sign of that and that's what i, I felt like that was a really mature I, I, project no, for you, her no, no, it there was, like, was when, oh, maybe i'm uh, just not remembering it then <laughs> that, that's good that's good I'm, I'm happy for you <laughs> but, but there was that situation where uh the hero and uh, and the, the two of them are in her bedroom i think they're just like picking up something or it was just completely innocuous and then um, he's like, I don't think I can stay here any longer. It's getting a bit racy for me. And she's like, oh, maybe, you know, things should be more racy between us. And he kind of like looms over her and she looks like, I don't know, he's about to attack her or something. She looks genuinely scared, which I do not understand. He's her boyfriend. And um, I, um, at this point, no, no, she's playing a 30 year old character. Just no. But um, yeah. she needs to play characters her age fast. <laughs> Yeah, please. The rest of Drama Land has moved on. Other heroines are acting their own age. Could she please stop acting like a 16-year-old caught in a 30-year-old's body? Sorry. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I have a couple of other ones, but they're kind of more old school. Like Goong was like that. Where did you guys watch Goong with Yoon yeah, and Yeah, she was a 16-year-old. But she was, yeah. So like, I feel like there was more of a latitude, but she did become more of a doormat as. Like, there was a stretch near the end of the drama where she's just, like, because she's in love with him, she, like, doesn't even stand up for herself anymore, and all she does is cry and stay silent, and, like, he just oh, always what? leaves her alone, and they keep having misunderstandings, but she never actually, like, says 
anything to dispel those understandings to just keeps getting like abuse piled on her. So like, I really love that drama, but there is, it, it stretches a little bit too long and it's because of those. So, well, but I mean, I'm willing to forgive it more because it was older. That one other drama that I want to talk about was like because you mentioned Gilrain getting um, like super like sorry um, <laughs> Hajiwan's uh, character getting super like Donati in Secret Garden which is true uh, but do you guys remember her character in um, uh, dude she did this one where she was a, a North Korea uh, oh. yeah. Hmm. The King, King to Heart, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, so in, in King to Heart, like she was get like as soon as the romance thing starts and her heart is like, uh, what's his name? Um, um, Kim Sung Gi? Uh, Lee Sung Gi. Lee Sung Gi. Lee Sung Gi, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, as soon as Lee Sung Gi has won her heart, uh, she gets a bit dormaty and then he betrays her in a way i suppose because like she uh, loses her unborn child thing and then she goes back to north korea and she's feeling so hurt and betrayed and then he gets trapped and she comes and saves his ass and she's super badass but you know it's like um a situation like and this happens towards the end of uh, like end of end stretch of the drama so the reason i bring this up is there is this weird trope where a woman in love will be passive unless her dignity like her her i don't know her her integrity or, or her virtue is questioned and then she'll become a, a i don't know a tigress and then again once everything is cool and well and she'll become dormant again it's so, almost like once she has a man by her side she no longer has to stick up for herself because now it's his job to stick up for her isn't it yeah kind it's of. like she yeah. loses that impetus to be like no you can't do that to me i'm not gonna get let you get away with it because apparently now like he's the one who's gonna do that which i really but that bothers me yeah yeah i mean there's there's like more dramas now that are showing healthier dynamics which is nice where you feel like there's more of a partnership but that's i think partly why it feels more regressive when you see something like secretary kim where we had such high hopes and we were thinking that it was going in a certain direction. And then it kind of falls back on that whole, like, the guy is in the dominant position. And she's kind of his underling. And she's happy to be loved by him. And his, his But his his desires are what kind of drives where their relationship is going and what they do. And, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, you know? pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Like, one of the things I really hate about dramas um, after the romance thing starts is when a guy drives a girl somewhere and he refuses to tell her where he's taking her like this is not it, it's not a situation where they are been, they have been in a relationship for years and he's taking her on a i don't know surprise trip to the beach or to a restaurant she loves this this is not that kind of surprise it's like a thing where he will not tell her even though the place that he's taking to her is like very innocuous i mean it has like there's no reason it should be a secret he just mm-hmm. won't tell her. he'll withhold information for no good reason it's like she doesn't she doesn't need to know like she she's not important enough to know and he he doesn't owe her an explanation we might I, actually I feel like it's a different trope but yeah no but i mean I, I also don't like that, but I feel like that's also playing into the whole thing of, like, this this expectation that the guy is going to do these, like, romantic events, they call them, for the, for the girlfriend and, like, surprise oh, yeah. her with stuff, where, like, 99% of the time, like, in real life, you just want to know what's going on, and you don't want these weird, extravagant surprises or, like, these out-of-nowhere things happening to you, where you're like, could I just 
where know where we're going so I can wear the right outfit, you know, like. Yeah, but it's I, I think know. it's one of the, it's just one of those like things that people do that's caused by like television <laughs> and movies and that's not very realistic. You know, a, a little off topic, uh, something that always makes me break out in hives are, are those proposal scenes where the guy completely takes the girl by surprise. Like it, I mean, even if you have been, you are in a deep relationship and the proposal is expected to do it at a completely unexpected moment and not just like a private moment where he just props the question, which by the way, in Secretary Kim, I really like that, the, that he, he asked her to be his wife in a very casual manner. Like I want to be your husband. That, that just, I thought that was the most romantic proposal ever. And then everybody jumps down his throat and goes like, no proposal must be romantic and shit. Yeah, and actually that. that was one of the things they did a really good job with the whole thing with the proposal and how he ends up eventually doing like another proposal. I, th- yeah, I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But for me, the most romantic proposal was what he had done before. Like he had, I agree. Uh, Initially, when he was like, just marry me, that was completely out of context. He was her boss and he was just randomly asking her to marry. That that, that didn't even count. But in her in her flat, when he was like, I want to make those dreams come true. I want to marry you. That That is that is it. That's an amazing proposal. That is, yeah. was so, done so naturally. And again, I'm not even talking about the proposal he ended up doing because, again, it was such an obvious, like, she knew a proposal was coming. So she was prepared. She was dressed for the uh, yeah. thing. That was funny. But, no, um, I, I mean, so I liked it, too. I'm just saying, I feel like they did, I, I feel like they did a good job of, like, having, like, an actual real proposal that was very meaningful and then showing how the societal expectation kind of forced him into doing the other one, but he still kind of made yeah, it his yeah. own. And then he was suffering from his own blockbuster. Yeah. So I mean I, I I liked how they did that, but yeah. But it does make me feel like really really um, awful when I see um, just heroines walking into this situation where there is this dramatic public proposal happening and um, it's completely un, like not unwanted necessarily, but she's completely unprepared for it. What if she doesn't want to get married at that point? Like she really loves the guy, but at right at that moment she does not want to get married. I mean, she would have to say yes because it's a public situation and she doesn't want to humiliate him, but what a horrible way to pressure a person. Yeah, I'm just it is, right, it is. It's like a, it's an unconscious way or like an unspoken way of pressuring the other person into saying, giving you the answer that you want, but you can play yeah. it off as uh, something nice. It's so a you don't even gesture. have to be responsible for it, yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember, this is like a real life story that made me really uncomfortable. Do you remember when um, after... Queen Anne Hansen. That's exactly what I was thinking so, of. Yeah. <laughs> like they started, they got together during the drama and everybody was like, oh, this is such a cute drama. This is such a cute couple. And then like right before he went to the army, he like proposed to her publicly. And no, then they broke I, up. This, wasn't I didn't it know at about the this. press conference or something at the end? Right. Or, it was at the press conference or something. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't during the show. It was after the situation. show. Yeah, it was yeah, after the show he, and it wasn't public. Yeah, and then he went to the army like a month later, two months later, and then after like a month or two, the news came. They had broken up. So it broke up. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of while he was talking. <laughs> yeah, that this is such an uncomfortable. It's like even uncomfortable just hearing about it. Like it's so, especially with that because it's like it's at your workplace. It's not even just a public venue. It's, I mean. When you're an actor and you're doing a press conference, like that's literally your way. Either it was a press conference, it was the rap party, maybe. 
It was something public. Drama. I can't remember yeah. exactly what it was, it was but it was public. public. It was like with around their colleagues. Yeah. You know? Even more uncomfortable. But um, so, I, when yeah. people when people make those proposals, I feel I feel like they assume that the answer is yes. It doesn't occur to them that the answer might be no. Yeah. So rather than being manipulative, it's just dumb. No, it's. I think it's unintentionally manipulative. Right. And I think it's also not necessarily the guy's fault. It's just it's this societal myth that's yeah, kind of been created yeah. by movies and TV that like it's something nice that she's gonna appreciate, which isn't necessarily the case. So yeah. they are also just trying to do something nice and romantic because they feel like the proposal has to be perfect and it has to be like a great story that you could tell your grandchildren and you know. So it's just one of those traps that people fall into. Fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Is it time for the joke? <laughs> 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 uh, I do. Yeah. I do have. Uh, I have one today. But we are going to run out of them soon, you know. I think I'll have to consult the annals of Penguin's past at some point. So, you're going to like this one. Or you can branch out and get other Ajushi jokes. Um, yeah, you can branch out in other kinds of Ajushi <laughs> I, I may, I may. I'll cross that bridge when it comes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does a penguin build its house? Um... <laughs> uh, with ice blocks, I don't know. <laughs> I like how P doesn't even bother trying anymore. She's like, whatever, man. I'm, hey, I'm trying. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> I know I won't be able to think of anything clever, but I'm still thinking. Well, shall I tell you? Yeah, I, I'm really lost with this one. I can't think of anything. <laughs> it glues it together. It what? glues. <laughs> Oh, oh it together. Oh. <laughs> I like this one. This was a good it's one. It's a nice one. I like it. You guys can't see me, but I'm banging my head on my desk right now. <laughs> it's because you feel like you should have gotten it, right? Yeah, so I, I always feel that way. <laughs> wow. I, I just know one Ajushi, um, like one dad joke, and that's like all. Do you want to save like it for the next my... yak? I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I'll be able to do the build-up that you do. It's like a very... <laughs> Should I just tell you guys? No, no, like, no, no save it, to... save it. We'll have it at the next oh. Jack. It'll be something to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, I'll let the penguin take a break. You're doing the joke next time, Karma. <laughs> uh, All right. Good. Yeah. Shall we end it there? Okay. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>so listeners, which dramas do you remember having a heroine that lost the qualities that made her special after she fell in love? Let us know. Or yell at us for our increasingly cringeworthy penguin dad jokes. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at starsinourpocket at gmail.com or on Twitter at a kdrama podcast. We'd also super appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts, as that helps people find us. As always, find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice. Thanks for listening. Bye.